When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Into the Net FC. This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and it's my honor to welcome to you the fearlessly opinionated Josh McSwain. What's up, Josh? (laughs) Oh, a lot to talk about in sports, but isn't there always... Amen to that, brother. But you know what? Because you and I are such happy Manchester United fans, because the GOAT himself, Cristiano Ronaldo, is coming back to Old Trafford, you and I were probably so overjoyed. We really had to talk about this. I mean, it had to be you and me, brother. It just had to. Oh, absolutely. This was a development that Whenever I looked at my phone on Friday and saw that this was going to happen after it seemed all but a done deal that he was going to go to Man City, I was just like, what? My eyes grew like twice their normal size, and I'm just like, I don't know how we pulled this off, but I'm happy we did. I thought this that was creates... a joke. No joke. I thought that was a joke at first because... I was convinced that Manchester City was going to do it, but I told myself that morning if Cristiano Ronaldo could could shun Manchester City and miraculously sign with Manchester United, that would be something huge, and guess what? It happened. Now, I'm not going to say I predicted it. I just wished. I just said that I wish it would happen, and apparently my wish came true. Well, there you go. And I'm thinking that it was probably Sir Alex Ferguson who had a lot to do with it behind the scenes. It, it, I, it was. It was actually confirmed. Right. That doesn't shock me at all. I had read that basically Sir Alex was a proxy father to Ronaldo after his real father had passed. So it does make some sense with Sir Alex still being involved with the club that he'd want to return to a familiar place and have a familiar voice, even though Cristiano's situation has evolved a lot since his first spell at United. Since then, he's become a father himself. I'm pretty sure his oldest son was not yet born when he left the club. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's the case. Well, the point oh, is, he grew, he grew, he grew. not just as a family guy, uh, you know, as a player. I mean, the list of accomplishments just 
is just it's endless now. It's it's absolutely endless. It's more than five Ballon d'Ors, five Champions League titles. You know, the first guy to score a hundred goals for three different clubs, as well as scoring hundred goals for his country. You know, the fastest Juventus player to score a hundred goals for Juventus. Real Madrid's all-time leading scorer, four hundred and fifty. It's just, it is just unbelievable. I mean, I, I had to write an article. I said, look, obviously, I'm not gonna put every single one of his accomplishments, but if I could get a list of everything he's accomplished, the hardest part, Josh, is is to pick what should I put. Believe me, there is the challenge for you when you want to talk about Ronaldo. Oh, that is for sure. Got to pick the highest of the high points there. Uh, I mean, hundred percent and. I'm going to be honest, when I saw it and it was going to happen, I was like, good God. It, you know, <laughs> you know, and of course, some Manchester United fans are kind of saying, you know, that it's it's funny how Manchester City, we all thought he was headed to Manchester City. Then it turns out the talks between Manchester City and Juventus break off. And just like that, Manchester United just reaches out and grabs them. Just like that. It's true, and the transfer only cost fifteen million pounds, something like that. It was fifteen million like that, and then there's a, another an additional eight million in add-ons. But still, I mean, twenty-three million overall. I mean, that's that's relatively good. I mean, and from what I understand, the talks died down because Manchester City was unwilling to pay Juventus's demanding fee. And of course, my, of course, I'm told why would Manchester City deny it because, you know, everybody likes to call him, like, you know, everybody kind of likes to make the reference to, you know, because, you know, they're run by the oil businessmen, but then again, numerous clubs are, there's nothing wrong with a club being run by oil money, I mean, whatever, I mean, a lot of clubs are like that, and, you know, that's that's what soccer is becoming, but, you know, and I, and I said this for a lot of people probably won't agree with me, some will, but Ronaldo going to Manchester City probably wouldn't have been, it would not have been good for him and the club because Manchester City has more than enough talent as it is. Okay, so if you bring in Cristiano Ronaldo, how is he going to be used? Like, okay, let's because let's let's get one thing straight, Josh. If you think that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to accept the terms to where he's going to be a backup, he's not going to start any games. He's going to spend ninety percent of the time on the bench. Well, that forget is not yeah, yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> and yes, I, I had to say it like that, <laughs> like our friend AJ. But you know, yeah, forget it. But, but the fact that Manchester City has everything has stacked is stacked up in every position. I mean, Manchester City really didn't need him. I mean, they'll be fine even without Ronaldo. So and Cristiano Ronaldo for the longest, well, he's been only been there for about three years. But Ronaldo for the last year or so was unhappy with Juventus, so he needed a fresh start. Okay, and there was no better place for him to get a well a much needed fresh start than Manchester United. Yes, and now he puts United in a very interesting situation where they have an embarrassment of riches on the attack now. You're looking at a situation where Olgan or Solkjar has said that Ronaldo is a striker, not a winger, and at 36, we should expect that. So he'll be starting up top. And then you'll have Bruno Fernandez still at the 10 position feeding him the ball. You're going to have Mason Greenwood on the flank. And what I'm really in- interested in is, is Pogba going to continue to play 
up the field like he did against Leeds, where he seems to be more comfortable and more of his abilities get used, or is he still going to be stuck with Fred on the defensive midfield line? Because that seems to be where he kind of zones out part of the time. And we know that Pogba has all the talent in the world, but from the beginning of his second spell at United, it seems like he never had a coherent position. And I think that is what has caused a lot of the frustration with him and the club, the fans and him, and all that. So I really think that he needs to move up and play alongside Bruno and and Greenwood on that line, which, yes, it does leave a void in the defensive part. And the guy that I really want is current West Ham defensive mid Declan Rice, he had a great Euro tournament for England as they appeared in the Euro final. United has actually long been after him. And at this point, you look at the excess that Man United has up front with Anthony Martial, Donny van de Beek, and Jesse Lingard, who was loaned out to the Hammers last spring. At this point, those three guys in particular, I just don't really see much of a role with Man United going forward. So I would be willing to sell any or all of them down to the Hammers where they would all presumably have a chance to play and, you know, try and bring Declan Rice up here. I think Rice would make Man United a complete team. I really do. Because we've seen so far that... Rafael Varane is going to be a solid addition at center back. Luke Shaw has really taken the next step. And Aaron Wambasaka is still solid. Well, it's a tough situation, no doubt. And, and you're absolutely right about Pogba. Pogba needs to be alongside Bruno Fernandes because Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba, an amazing dynamic duo of a midfield, okay? Those two respect each other so well because they recognize each other's talent and play style, okay? And that is good because that means they are on the same freaking page. They trust one another and they know how to work together, okay? So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has to take advantage of it, okay? If it's if the dual threat of those two works well together, then put them together, okay? If Paul Pogba can't seem to do well alongside Fred, then that's the lesson learned. It does not work. You do not go with it, okay? I mean... That that's how it is. I mean, it's in any sport or in life in general. If this particular thing doesn't work, then you you then you get it out of your mind, okay? And you're right about Declan Rice. He certainly would be great, a great fit with Manchester United. But in in the cases like like, and like you mentioned, we we do have to make some sales in order to make room for him. And, you know, and, spe- and speaking of Jesse Lingard, I'm actually surprised that I think it was announced today that he's actually going to be staying at Old Trafford. And I'm actually, and I'm really surprised. I really thought West Ham United would have, uh, would have certainly uh, start talks with uh, the front office of the Red Devils in order to sign Lingard to a permanent deal. But I guess, uh, I guess that that just simply didn't happen. But and speaking of West Ham, they're actually off to a very good start. But that's, uh, but, uh, but the EPL table is for another time. But the, the but the bottom line is. Declan Rice certainly would be good, and like you mentioned, the possibility of acquiring him is out there. But of course, it's going to take a, a bit of a planning, and you know, of course, we're going to have to make sales. But 
you know, the problem right now with Manchester United is like you, you have like, like you said, this, these untold riches on the attack. Okay, and 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 today, Jaden Sancho started for Manchester United against Wolverhampton, and, and from what I understand, Sancho couldn't. I mean, it's his first game, so obviously it's okay. He didn't make the best impact, but but it was good to see Rafael Varane provide the assist for, for the for Manchester United's only goal of the game, but. This whole thing with Cristiano Ronaldo, and I just wrote an article on this, is that this fre- this fresh start is not only good for Ronaldo, but it's also good for Manchester United because this reunites Ronaldo and Varane, and, th- and these two guys want four titles together, and they have a relationship. Okay, and, and to make things, <clears throat> make things even better, Ronaldo, this is this is amazing for Bruno Fernandes. He's playing alongside his compatriot. Okay, he's playing an, alongside the hero, uh, the national hero of the national team. I mean, just yes. just imagine how motivated. I mean, Bruno Fernandez probably has to be the most motivated out of, out of anybody, and I wouldn't be surprised. And, and rumor, it's actually been said that Bruno Fernandez also played a huge role in bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo. That doesn't surprise me at all. And no, it does not. Obviously, Solskjaer too. So it's good to see Sir Alex Ferguson, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Bruno Fernandez. I mean, I'm sure a lot of a, a lot of people came together to make this happen. And this says something good. I mean, they're they're on the same page. I mean, maybe finally everybody's gonna be on the side, start being on the same page, and maybe that could be a turnout for Man U because we really need to return to the winning ways, and we haven't been like that in a long time. Correct. And also, I'm just trying to think of the depth that we would have just at the striker position right now. You got to think that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be the usual up top guy. And then you'll have Rashford whenever he returns. Obviously, he's the future because Ronaldo's going to be here on a two-year deal, and then he'll be off to whatever is next for him. Although, with him, age just seems to be a number. So maybe he will stick around longer than that. But So Rashford, yeah, he's the long-term guy, but he might still be your number two striker. And you still have Edison Cavani who can get it done. He's probably just going to be more of a minutes eater, though that guy that'll be in the FA Cup games or maybe some of the Champions League group stage games. And he'll still get it done. I have confidence in him that he can. Now this brings up another really interesting question for me. How does this impact Man United's quest for Erling Holland? the Borussia Dortmund wonder kid, because I had read that they were in pole position for him, but now you're going to bring in another attacker. You're just going to have a big log jam up there. At this point, if there's the talk of a possibility of bringing Erling Holland for, uh, if it's going to happen, it's definitely going to happen when Cristiano Ronaldo, his two year deal is, is done. And speaking of Marcus Rashford, it's been reported that he's uh, he's currently training again, and once Rashford is healthy and then Ronaldo's if Ronaldo's doing great and Rashford is healthy and you know getting more playing time, that's going to lead to pro- the possible selling of Anthony Martial. And, and quite frankly, I think Anthony Martial should be sold because not because I'm not happy with. I mean, I love Martial. You know, he's a French compatriot, and you know, and he just got called up to the national team for France's next World Cup qualifier matches. Mm-hmm. But Martial too would be is in use for a fresh start. So if Martial is sold, I mean, even if it's, if it's a league one club, or if he's sold to another, uh, to another, uh, good, uh, EPL team, or if it's, if he goes to Italy or 
wherever. I just want him to go to a place where he can play, score goals, and, re- and regain his confidence, you know, and, and, and re- regain himself fully. But, I mean, there's all these different scenarios because we we just don't know. Like, we don't know how Manchester United plans to operate with, with, with everything. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, your proposal to get Declan Rice, uh, I, I would, in a sense, encourage you. Maybe you, you should definitely send a letter to Manchester United if, that's, if, if you can or <laughs> send it out as a tweet and hopefully they'd listen. I mean... You know, if, if the well, look, let me say, like, if the Glazers promised, you know, to make things right, I mean, which I believe they did. Look, you know what? Let the if a fan offer sends you a letter with with some advice, you know what? Take it into consideration at least. I mean, we're not going to tell you how to run your team, but you know, come on. If you want to make the fans happy, you know, there you go. Yeah, I doubt I would be the only one that would be calling for Man U to get Declan Rice. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously sure. doubt you'd be the first one to actually send a letter. I'm sure. I'm sure probably at least fifty letters have already been sent. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So honestly, it does make me a little apprehensive that Man City will end up getting Howland, perhaps next summer or something like that, because. One thing Pep Guardiola has shown is that he is patient and waiting for his guys. Like, he waited to get Ruben Diaz for a year. And so, yeah, seeing Haaland on the other side of Manchester, that does not give me a good feeling. But I want to veer back to United for a second and talk about David De Gea. Because the guy looks like his old self again. Well, he did have a good game against Wolverhampton, but let's not be too sold. I mean, it's one game, and look, it's been really tough seeing David De Gea go through the the period of of struggles in the last few years or so. Because at one point, David De Gea was considered the best goalkeeper in Europe, and it it's tough. I mean, being a goalkeeper is not easy, and you know, with the pressure with Manchester United, you know, all these, you know, at the, at the time when all the players were unhappy with Jose Mourinho being the manager. I mean, the club has gone through a lot. The players who have been here for a while have gone through a lot. I mean, this whole thing, this drought, of the lack of success that's been on the team for the last 10 years or so, I mean, it's done more than its fair share of really causing some negative effects. So, obviously, the big thing right now is Manchester United wants to win a title, okay? And bringing yes. in Cristiano Ronaldo hopefully will bring that. I mean, I can only, we, we could only hope, but... At at this point, you know, we we don't even know when Ronaldo's going to play his first game. I mean, I, I would imagine it's probably going to be the uh, September 11th against Newcastle United, or if not that, then, yes. you know, because three, three days later, Manchester United plays their first Champions League game. So if, if it was up to me, I'd probably have Ronaldo play against Newcastle, but probably as a, as a substitute, just, you know, let him, you know, like that, and then probably make have him start against in a Champions League uh, opening game. I mean, because we know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, obviously, you and I we don't always agree, we don't always agree with how Ole does things, but but every now and then, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does make the smart moves. Yes, he does. He certainly grew into the role as time went on, particularly last year. I was wondering if he was going to be on the hot seat most of last year, but after a slow start. United just kept creeping up the table and eventually finished second, but we got to take that next step and get the Premier League title. And I certainly think Rice would put us in the driver's seat for that. 
because I am concerned just watching the games against Wolves today. They were hitting us on that counterattack really frequently early on, and I was just sitting there thinking, you know, Fred, nothing against Fred. He's a solid player, but obviously it's not Pogba's specialty to be on the defense, but Rice could certainly be out there and helping, you know, ease the burden on the center backs. And I really... Still hoping a deal can get done, but we only have a couple more days until the window closes, so it would take something very big to get him into the north of England before this window closes. Well, uh, I hate to be the I hate to be the, this guy, Josh, but uh, the Declan Rice. While I do think it's going to happen in the future, I, I really don't think it's going to happen between now and August thirty first. But I'm not ruling. Really, I, I hate ruling it out permanently. I'm just I really don't think it's going to happen within the next few days. I mean, now that you know they got Ronaldo, I, I think I'm not sure if Manchester. I mean, if they do miraculously, then then then. There you go. It's, it's a miracle, and, and I'll get back on the show, and I'll be sure to mention you say, well, I was wrong. But I'm not going to say Manchester United is now tired of, deal, of dealing with this and they don't want to deal with it anymore. I mean, Manchester United will always take on the opportunity of gaining a big player that if they have the, even if they have the chance to do it, they'll take it. That's Manchester United. But but Declan Rice is certainly ought to be considered for the future. But I, I guess what we should think of is before – is if they're going to get Declan Rice – before doing that, Manchester United has to figure out what they're gonna, you know, what they're gonna do in order to get him. Because keep in mind, if you have too many chefs in the kitchen, I mean, that brings up even more problems. So I mean, we brought in Donny Van de Beek from Ajax. I mean, since then, since he's been here, I mean, he scored he's he scored that goal, I believe, on his first appearance. But overall, Donny Van de Beek has been a ghost. I mean, the lack of playing time. But you know, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Some people say he's just not playing good or he's too young. Whatever the reason, the bottom line is we paid a lot of money for him, and and that move is not working out. I mean, big time. I mean, and what's unfortunate for us is that in the last ten years, a, a lot a lot of transfers just really haven't worked out. Obviously, the worst one would be Sanchez. You know, the guy we got from Arsenal. <laughs> that would be the worst. But like, you know, we got we got to make some decisions. We we got to figure out some stuff like. If you pay a lot of money for these players and you don't use them or like that, you know it's a waste of money, and that's unacceptable. And that's bad for business. Certainly is. That was the biggest signing that Saltjar has made that I've just been skeptical of because it just seemed like it didn't really serve much of a purpose. Like he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time in the biggest stages because Bruno already had that ten spot locked down. And so it's just like, maybe they're going to try and leverage him to sell him off somewhere else. And I really would hate to see that always have been the plan because you're doing a guy dirty at that point. Just, you know, try and be up front and give guys like that a real chance to show off what they got. The thing is, what gives him value is he still has some upside. I still think he would be a good addition for a lot of clubs. So there might be a team out there who might accept him as the centerpiece of a deal. I mean, well, but I'm also back to De Gea for just a minute. Obviously, 
He looked really worn out at the end of last season, which is why Dean Henderson got a lot of the starts toward the end of the year. And we all really thought that he was going to be Solkjar's guy going forward. But De Gea lingered on the club, and now I'm really happy that it did. Although, I wonder at some point, is he an asset that could be moved to try and make a deal for Rice or another defensive midfielder? It's a possibility. I certainly think he would have quite a bit of value, maybe the most of any of the assets that United would readily part with, particularly if you're going to look at West Ham with Lucas Fabianski being 35 years old, if I remember right. They're going to have to be looking for a replacement pretty soon. But the bigger thing was with those long balls that Wolves were launching at us earlier today. Can you imagine some of these other guys like Kevin De Bruyne getting through balls on us if we're just MIA on the back end? Like That does not give me a good feeling. Well, I, I always say, whenever the Red Devils have to play the club that's on the other side of Manchester... You better be ready for anything because, you know what, it's always embarrassing to lose to Manchester City, okay? It really is. And, you know, and speaking you know, of Donny Van de Beek, you know, and, you know what, if we offer, what, what if we offered Donny Van, de Be- Donny Van de Beek in order to get Declan Rice? That probably would work out. But, but as far as Van de Beek goes, if there's the opportunity out there to sell him for a good price, might as well, you might as well do it because... Going forward, the fact, the whole thing with Donny Vandebeek, the future being just so unclear, you know, I, I, can't, I can't say anything. I mean, it, it's merely a theory, and I've said, like, we, we can't go on on theories. I mean, uh, these theories, even though they all, a lot of them are realistic and, you know, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, the bottom line is it's a theory. And a theory can only take you so far... And at the and then once you get far enough, the only thing you run into is a dead end, and a dead end does no good. So, I mean that that's that's been the problem. I mean it would hurt me because I was actually excited for the signing of Donny Van de Beek, and you know the dude's talented, no doubt. I mean I'm sure he has a future representing uh, his national team, the Netherlands. But like I said, if there's the opportunity to uh, sell him, you know, like that, then Manchester United has to look into it. Right. I would agree with that. Maybe throw in Martial, too. Yeah, those are two of the guys I mentioned at the beginning as being possible assets to move to West Ham in a move like that. But again, it's probably not going to happen this window. So we just got to buy our time and, you know, hope that... Maybe tactically something gets figured out, or maybe one of the younger guys steps up, or Matic can step in, give us a lot of time. I also really liked McTominay, but he seems to be banged up quite a bit. Also, he doesn't have near the potential that Rice certainly would, or any of those type of guys. We just don't know what it is. I mean, isn't that our case as, as Man U supporters? You know, expect the unexpected. You know, a game we're confident we're going to win, we don't win. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
start off. We, we, we started off strong, didn't we? A five to one win against Leeds. We then we draw against Southampton, and we, we like you said today. I mean today, let's be honest. Wolverhampton, he like destroyed us. I mean the counter attack. I mean they kept scoring. You know, and David De Gea, literally like you know, <laughs> you know. I mean I'm just so like overwhelmed with with how amazing you know David De Gea managed you know to keep things in our favor in a sense but it's I mean we really have to start winning games and we have to start winning games convincingly right but here's another thing we have now gone unbeaten in 28 road games that is a new British top flight record (laughs) that's incredible isn't it yes it is away from old Trafford they are just really getting it done Go figure, right? Go figure. I mean, look, an uh, I say a, a streak of not losing the last twenty-eight games that breaks the record. It's on the road, is amazing. And by all means, we got to keep that streak alive. But I, what I want also, and I'm sure this is what you want, and I'm sure that hundred that you know all of the supporters of Manchester United want to see is we want to see not only a winning streak at Old Trafford. But a winning streak, you know, of, of good results. Like, not lazy, not like, you know, boring one nothing wins or, like, you know, something like 3-0, to 4-0. to zero. Like, us, like, destroying teams, playing well, and just literally using all that talent and strength, you know, and making it work. You know, having Ronaldo could change that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can't just expect Ronaldo to score hat-tricks every game. We need everybody working, working together. I mean, that, that's been a major problem for the Red Devils for a long time. I mean, the lack of a positive vibe, you know, you know the lack of trust, you know, the lack of passion. I mean, there's, there's a lack of, all, of a lot of things. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but the bottom line is Manchester United doesn't win very much. I mean, okay, maybe, okay, that's not fair to say they do, they, they win, but, you know, the, the bottom line is the results are not convincing. Yeah, I was about to say they finished second in the league yeah. last year. It's, yeah, okay, it's yeah. short of what, short of what we want. But I totally get your point. Like you want the style points as well. And I mean, as much as I hate to say it, Manchester City has certainly had the style the past two weeks, rolling Norwich and Arsenal five zero each of those two teams. So you want us to go back to those mid two thousands days when Ronaldo was just racking up the points and and all that. You want that fun and exciting football back, and I think everybody's with you on that. That's exactly what I mean. And, and yeah, I did go to – okay, I mean, yeah, I was wrong when I said, look, we're not winning nowadays. I mean, we are winning games, but look, you know, like I said, yeah, second place in the EPL, which we know, which was amazing. I mean, even though uh, – okay, well, there was no way that, you know, Manchester City – was was going to relinquish that title anyway because they had the title secured for the longest time, but yeah, I mean, I want us to you know I want us to win like convincingly like you know these good results, dominate the Champions League you know, overall if winning the Champions League is what I would want more than anything. Certainly, although I think we got to start by getting to the top of the Premier League and then. I think we can worry about the Champions League later because a club that you are a supporter of, PSG, they're probably the betting favorites 
for the Champions League right now, although we still don't know what's going on with the Kylian Mbappe saga, but they still got Donnarumma, Messi, and a, an embarrassment of riches otherwise. All the eyes have to be on them right now. And, you know, United, I just, even with Ronaldo coming in, he gives them a lot of experience in the UCL competition, but I just, I don't think they're quite on the level of PSG or even maybe Chelsea, the reigning champs. Well, as far as Kylian Mbappe goes, I, I got to get this off my chest, Josh. Okay. Kylian Mbappe, and I wrote, I don't know if I, if, you, if you saw the article that was published this week, I wrote a piece of if Kylian Mbappe truly is on his way out of PSG. I'm, I'm not sure if you've read it, but if you haven't, you, you definitely should. You'll like it. But, look, it's it's been clear. Ronaldo, uh, excuse me, Kylian Mbappe has refused to sign, to re-sign or to sign an extension with with Les Parisiens, okay. Yes. And I and, and I looked it up. Goal.com released a, a story saying that he was at least six different times. He said no. So that absolutely clear. He does not want to play in Paris anymore. He wants out. And of course, and another story says that he has his full desire to go to Real Madrid. And we you know for for a while Real Madrid's been after Mbappe for you know almost two years now, and for almost a year now Liverpool apparently seems to be in the mix, but. I would definitely say Real Madrid has probably been doing more and more has been doing more of an effort to, to acquire Mbappe than Liverpool has, but I would say don't count out Liverpool. You never know what they're up to, but but here's the situation, Josh. If Mbappe leaves PSG next summer, okay, it's not going to be good for the PSG management, okay, because Mbappe will be able to sign anywhere as a free agent, and it's and whoever signs him, it's not going to cost him any money. Okay, and knowing right. and knowing how P, how the PSG ownership and uh you know like like the way the way they the way they do business the the oil businessmen from Qatar, the, knowing the way they do things, I mean they will letting Mbappe walk and not you know profiting out of it would be hor- a horrible business on their part. Okay, now keep on. This is no attack. No this is not an attack. Whatever. This has nothing to do with race. I mean, look, this is just. If I know how, if if I know the way oil businessmen operate, and, and I think I do, because believe it or not, in my career I have interviewed uh, people who work in the oil business. Look, this is I mean, uh, and, and it's not just in the in the oil business world, okay? In 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 the sense of a businessman, businesswoman, okay? You always do the choice because at the end of the day, you have it's about making the money, okay? I mean, that's that's what's good for business. I mean, that's the business part. But the bottom line is. PSG it cannot afford to lose Mbappe without profiting from it. And I made that clear in an article, okay? Yes. But if this is going to happen, I mean, and I thought if, if PSG is in that situation and they know that there was a week, like it, re- rejecting that offer Real Madrid made could be a mistake, but Real Madrid made a second offer, and, and, and since then we haven't heard anything. So that's telling me maybe PSG is taking it into consideration because this is considering what I said. They are not going to lose Mbappe without a profit, okay? So this is their chance. So PSG needs to take it, okay? This is it. Because there's no way Real Madrid is going to make a third offer because Real Madrid can't can't risk making all these offers and then they go through and they lose money and then eventually they end up like Barcelona because they don't want that to happen, okay? So, I mean... Definitely. 
I had read that the first bid that Real submitted was 160 million pounds, and PSG said no. They not only said no, Josh. Just like that, they said no. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like you know, the businessmen who run PSG, I mean, they're incredible businessmen. Obviously, the fact that they're so su- you know they're successful, they they run a, a, a top French company. I mean, like I said, these businessmen aspects, you know, losing money, like you know, and and, and like that it is horrible for business. I mean, like I said, this has nothing to do with race or anything. This is just understanding how things are done in the, in the world of business, whether it's oil, whether sure. it's, you know, whether it's oil, whatever, business is business. And bad business is no good for business. <laughs> that is definitely true. So that being said, if within the next two days or so, if if we hear nothing about this, then then yeah, forget it. Mbappe is gonna stay with PSG until the rest in, until the rest of this year, and he's gonna and he's gonna leave for free. And that's really that that that's really gonna haunt the P, the PSG ownership big time. I mean, that's money. That's money lost big time. Definitely. But that being said, so any final thoughts on the uh, on the uh, signing of Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, I had been thinking that we had been relying a lot on Rashford, Greenwood, and these young guys to score goals, and they were just not as consistent as I would have ever liked, though. That said, I've been really fond of Greenwood. He seems to be making a lot of plays as of late, and I would not want to lose him for almost anyone at this point in time. But I'm certainly hoping that Ronaldo brings that clinical finisher that we've needed for years. You know, I I can honestly say... I don't care that Ronaldo is 36 years old because the dude is in tremendous. Dude, I, uh, I might, not, I don't know if I should say this, but dude, he might be in the best shape of his life right now. That would truly be something, and there are some guys that age is just a number. Yeah, and it just so happens that Cristiano Ronaldo happens to be one of those guys. The dude is in tremendous shape. He's still highly motivated. He's committed, dedicated. I mean, it doesn't matter what I say. The bottom line is, Ronaldo still has plenty left in the tank, and I don't think he's going to be retiring anytime soon. Hmm. Not by a long shot. I would not be surprised if after this spell at Man U, he he attempts to go to, to go to the French league so he can win the league on title. Because let, let's let's keep in mind, he's the only guy to win the EPL title, the Serie A title. And the La Liga title. That's right. I didn't even think about that. Well, I, I did have to. I did have to research that. I mean, uh, 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 I had to make sure it was accurate because you know, David Beckham won many titles. You know, of course, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But the particular way, like you know, no one's actually. I guess from what I saw is that nobody particularly has won the EPL, La Liga, and the Serie A. Right. It's incredible. Ronaldo's list of accomplishments is absolutely endless, and it can't be ignored. It can't. So, you know, when you've accomplished so much and you're in tremendous shape, you know, the best thing you want to do is just keep going. I mean, like you said, age is a number, and I'm and I'm sure and I'm and I'm sure Ronaldo really is 
you know, at this point of his career, he, he wants to take the opportunity to mentor the to mentor the the younger players, just like he used to be mentored by by the by the legends during that time. So, you know, R- Ronaldo's really gonna finish his career the best way possible, and you know, and the best part is he's gonna finish it on his on his own terms. Very true. Yeah. So the you know at, at this point I'm like you know I was I, I'm really excited, you know. As much as I wanted Ronaldo to play today, I understand that he did. I mean, he still, you know, has to get settled in. You know, probably finish the process. You know, uh, the med- the medical test, the physicals, whatever. I mean, whatever they require you to do. I mean, not the fact that you gotta. He's gotta move. You know, travel from Italy to England. You know, and with these crazy times. I mean, the the process has got to be stressful. But and especially this this comes right before the international break because I'm pretty sure Ronaldo is going to be captaining the Portuguese team in their next World Cup qualifying matches. So. So at this point, I estimate that he's likely to play against Newcastle, but as a substitute, he could start the Champions League game, but because they're playing their first Champions League te- game against a small club, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play or start, was on the bench. But it would, it, I, would, I would say it wouldn't be a bad idea if he started. But but I, but I since I know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer well, and you know I trust the man, you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of people say I'm insane for that, but I, I trust the guy, you know, He's he has improved. We have to say he's gotten better. So, I leave it up to him. Right I mean, now, here's day, a big it's, question. It's his job, so I mean, I can't. I'm not going to tell him how to do his job. Yeah, <laughs> the big question now for me is who's going to be taking the penalty shots? Is it going to be Bruno? Is it or is it going to be Ronaldo? You know, part of me says it should be Ronaldo. Part of me says it should be Bruno. But you know, you, you know, the, the, this is something I have strongly thought about. Because Ronaldo and, and Bruno are really close, oh, I, at least I'm sure they're really close. I mean, they're uh, they're compatriots, and they both they both represent uh, their national they both represent their country in the international level. Maybe they'll take turns. I mean, and I wouldn't. Be, I mean, knowing Bruno because how Bruno is a class act, and he he'd probably say, well, Ronaldo is the veteran, and you know he's you know and he's part of the reason why I'm here. Maybe it's better for him to do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ronaldo said, well, I have faith in Bruno, maybe he should do it. But I think that this is going to be something that they're both going to talk about. And I'm sure that they'll, they'll, both, they'll both talk about it face-to-face at first. And then they'll probably go to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and then discuss it with him. So that's the way to do it. You know, if everybody like you know discusses it like this and everybody's on the same page, I mean, that's the best way to figure it out. But I, I think at the end of the day... I think we're going to see a switch simultaneously. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Rashford came back. I wouldn't even be surprised if he got opportunities to, to kick the, you know, to do the penalty shots. That's but, certainly a possibility. But I, I, at this point, I'm not going to say it's going to be Ronaldo. I, I, all I say is I would not be surprised if it was Ronaldo. I mean, he's a, he, he. I mean, of course, everybody always says. Everybody's gonna say, "Well, that's what Ronaldo's best at scoring penalties." But I like to remind everybody: a penalty kick is not easy. It is brutal. It is stressful. Okay. And when people always yeah calling in Pinaldo, I mean that gets me. Look, it's not. I mean, yeah, he, he. If a lot of the goals are penalty, I mean, you can't hold that against Ronaldo. I mean, it, it's not like he wanted to come down like that. I mean, if I know Ronaldo well, I, I know that you know the way he scores. You know, in open game, you know, for free kicks. The unique ways. I mean, the bottom line is Ronaldo scores. Whether it's penalty like that, that's how it is. But, like I said, you know, just to like to answer your question, 
It could be either of the two, but it would be no surprise if, if Ronaldo was given the duty. I see. Yeah, it'll certainly be an interesting development as we go forward. Oh, absolutely so. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Josh, why don't you take a minute and let everybody know about your new show and where it can be found. Absolutely. So, I'm part of two other podcasts. The first one is about the Houston Texans. It's called Bull Droppings. Co-host that with AJ Torres, a.k.a. Relly P. You can find that on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find it. Also, you can interact with us on Twitter at Texans Talk Pod. As for me, I have recently started a new podcast that I'm doing on my own. I call it True Green and Gold. This is about the Edmonton Elks and the CFL. You can find me on Twitter there at TGAGPod. And again, the episodes of that show get posted middle of every week on Anchor, Spotify, any of those platforms, you get your podcasts, you can probably find it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Josh, I want to thank you so much for coming back on, and I cannot wait to have you back on soon. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come and talk some football. Well, it's my honor, brother. All right, everybody, you have a good night. Manchester United for life. Absolutely. Good night, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.